We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, we're into hour number two today, but typically this is the beginning of Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game because of the holiday. We started a little bit earlier, divvying up the hours a little bit differently uh, here today. John Dickinson and Alan Stiles in for Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. Phone lines are open at 888-957-9570, 888-957-9570, as is the Xfinity mobile text line. Talking here off the top, and we'll get into some 49ers conversation coming up a little bit later on in the program. Michael Irvin is going to join us, the playmaker, as he does each and every week on this show. 5 o'clock for Michael Irvin, so uh, stay tuned for that. We will talk some football as well well as we're going to be with you until six o'clock uh, but starting off with the Warriors and their big win last night against the Memphis Grizzlies at Chase Center shorthanded dubs get the job done 123 to 109 and we talked a lot about it at the beginning of the show here at two o'clock Alan I thought Draymond Green and Clay Thompson set the tone mm-hmm. early in this one as far as just physicality intensity trash talking whatever it was they let everybody know down the line that this was a, a, a massive game this is a game where everybody was going to have to play up and it was a game that they wanted mm-hmm. and therefore everybody else better fall in line and and play exactly like you know it was a pseudo playoff game on on december the 25th the young guys impactful Impactful individually, James Wiseman, Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. Impactful collectively, both you know all three playing well together in the same night. Even all three playing well at the same time on the floor together in uh, the same night, and the two way guys contributing as well. As far as Ty Jerome, big run in the in the second half. Anthony Lamb hit some threes in the first half, and, and the question now becomes: as the Warriors thoroughly enjoyed beating the Grizzlies. How sustainable is it? Is this kind of a one-off like the game against Boston, winning shorthanded against the Celtics, where they juiced because it felt like a playoff game against their two toughest opponents going back to last year's playoffs? Or can this team bottle some of what they found last night for these next seven games and have a real positive homestand that can set the tone for when Steph Curry comes back? And then maybe we feel a little bit differently about the prospects for this team as it's currently constituted. Right. And are you going to get those types of numbers from the bench deep in the bench every single game? No. But you shouldn't need that to win 
every basketball game. But you can't be the polar opposite of that as well. I think what is exciting about the Warriors did last night is after you saw the dismantling in Brooklyn, you don't necessarily hear, you know, obviously they have the post-game press conferences and things like that, but you don't really hear what's going on. You know, Draymond being that leader, Steph obviously being around even though he's injured. What What is everybody talking about? How is everybody doing? What's the vibe? We try to follow the beat writers. Seems like everybody is still in, in good spirits, but there's one thing to talk about it. There, there's another thing to be about it. And I think... Based on what just happened on that road trip, they said, look, we didn't play well at all. We know it was going to be tough. Obviously, you lose Steph, but we can't get embarrassed here. There's lines, and this is a line that we are not willing to cross, right? Okay, well, you, you can, we can get blown out to, to the Nets on the second half of a back-to-back with, with no Steph, no Wiggins. We can lose some of these tough road games that we knew it was going to be you know, tough sledding to get done, but we cannot have everybody and their mothers watching us on Christmas Day and get embarrassed. That's just something we're, that's just not, not gonna fly. And I think Draymond, either whether he said it literally or just said it throughout his, you know, the beginning of the pregame, going into the beginning of the game, even Clay, who we know isn't really that rah, rah guy, but those guys just said, look, man, this is the one we're gonna get. I don't even know, to be completely honest, JD, talking about how this is going to, kind of, uh, you know, spill over to the rest of this homestand. I have no clue. I have no clue if it's going to spill over. I have no clue if this is going to start the Warriors or, or, or kickstart them into the season. I just think they they said, we're not losing this one. Yeah, and I, I think, look, some Warrior fans, that's enough, right. frankly. Right. I mean, we had a couple of people call last night on the postgame show and said, hey, if the Warriors go 1-7 on mm-hmm. this homestand, I, I would want the one to be the Grizzlies. Yeah. And at this point, like, no, hey, it's going to be tough without Steph, and who knows about Wiggins, but you beat the Grizzlies. You know, and shut them up for a night, right? You know, right. Or, or maybe be the reason they don't get home court advantage in a playoff series. Then that's then that's good enough. I'm a, a little curious as to wondering if the Warriors, as they are constituted now, can can dial up the intensity. You're not going to make 18 threes, and we didn't mention the 18 threes in the first half either. Right. You win a lot of games when you make 18 threes. You especially win a lot of games. You make 18 threes, and you play with the physicality, intensity, edge. I mean, it it was a playoff-style game. Mm-hmm. I think Memphis brings that out of the Warriors a little bit. I think clearly, uh, it, you know, the Warriors bring that out in Memphis, although they play that way on the regular. Mm-hmm. But it it's now, to me, more about, you know, great for one night, and it should be celebrated and appreciated, and it is a little bit of a warning shot to the rest of the league, as was the Boston game, that the Warriors, even shorthanded at Chase Center, can cobble it together and, and win gritty, right? right? And I think that's that's a positive thing. It really doesn't matter, though. So I, I set that aside and then say it really doesn't matter, though, in the grand scheme of things, if they can't win five or six of these next seven right. because it's still going to be an uphill climb later on down the line. And I also am still reluctant to say maybe this is a pivot point for mm-hmm. the young guys. Maybe it is to where they become regularly playable in a, a playoff rotation down the line. Like maybe that's something that's still attainable. We'll see. I still tend to lean probably not because this is really the first game all season where all three of them have played well and impacted winning against uh, not only a good team, but a, a, a team that's among the top, let's say, five or six in the NBA. I think the big 
one of the biggest takeaways, and this is not the takeaway I thought I'd have after, you know, watching this game or going into watching this game, is that that's secondary, or, or I would say at this right now he's secondary because Steph's out, but... Ty Jerome early in the season, you know, he caught a lot of flack from myself. He caught a lot of flack from a lot of people. First of all, I'm thinking, you know, I haven't seen this kid since Virginia, it felt like. I don't like to do the pat on the back thing, Mm -hmm. but I was one of the few people that liked that signing. I I took a lot of heat. I'm going to leave that there. I didn't mean to interrupt you. I didn't mean to interrupt you to do that. You got to take your W's. That's not my, but like a lot of people were like, why the Ty Jerome? Uh, yeah, it's yeah. Like, I like I actually kind of like Ty Jerome when he played for OKC. I just and I know it's different, yeah. obviously environment there, but there were some games even against the Warriors where he knocked down some shots. And I'm like, oh, he's got a little handle. He's not a great player, but he's got a little handle and can knock down some shots. Right. I thought with the Warriors that could be pretty useful. And he's also just from listening to him in the post game press conference, he's got a little edge to him too. Mm-hmm. Like he's a little bit of a you know laser focus kind of right. like not a lot of. Not a lot of fluff to him, not a lot of joking around to him, which I think I think plays well with the rest of this Warriors team. No, and, and I think that there's something to be said about having two-way guys on the team. You know, one of my favorite shows that I'm watching right now on Netflix is Last Chance You, right? And I wouldn't say Ty Jerome is in a Last Chance You situation, but he's not a lottery pick, right? He, no. he, he doesn't know how many more chances he's going to get in this league, and I think that does add a, you know, a, a, a level, I would say a GP2-esque level of of urgency to he's, his play. He's kind of a poor man's DiVincenzo. Not as good defensively, but like similar. Like yes. He went to Virginia, DiVincenzo to Villanova. Right. Like they're, like, played a lot you know, played a lot in college, helped teams win. Mm-hmm. I don't know, just, there's a little, there's I, some similarities there. No, and I, and I think that offensively you're never going to want you know, you're never going to necessarily want Ty Jerome to fill it up, but I think early on in the season it was pass the ball around because I, I know I'm just Ty Jerome and I don't necessarily want to shoot. Now I have the ball with four seconds left, so now I'm going to jack up a three and maybe it goes in, maybe it doesn't. What we saw last night because because of Seth being out and then Jordan Poole, I think, I think Ty Jerome actually went off before Jordan Poole was ejected, but to see... Ty Jerome, hey, if you got lanes and you can get to that floater and you can get to the cup, nobody has you right now circled on their scouting report. So if you, but we we believe, and they were saying it on the broadcast that this kid can score the basketball. The issue has been, you know, his ability to right. defend at times. Exactly. So look, if they're gonna if they're gonna you know cheat off you and and make you be the one to beat. To beat them, yeah, other teams are going to live with, all right, well, we shut down Steph and Jordan Poole, but by golly, that, that Ty Jerome really got us, right? So other teams are going to live with that, but if you can sneak out 10 here, 10 there from the bench, that can open up some things as, as kind of crazy as it sounds. Yeah, and, and last night they did it, and there's been a lot of games where they haven't, they've been looking for those points and haven't been able to find them, no matter who's been uh, on the floor as well. And yet, I mean, look, Ty Jerome helped them a lot. Last night, mm-hmm. I think over the yeah, and and here it is. It pops in. I I couldn't remember the player's name, and it it the the text, although it was about a different player that just popped up. It reminded me of people freaked out when Quindary Weatherspoon was cut. That's right. And Ty Jerome was signed. Mm-hmm. Like freaked out. Like that was like the most egregious, appalling back end of a roster cut and addition in the history of the NBA. Mm-hmm. And it really wasn't. Like it really, Ty Jerome was a better fit, and they wanted a ball handler. Like they, they basically, 
they basically viewed Ty Jerome, and I, I actually jokingly, in, in as I was saying, hey, you know, I kind of like the, the Ty, Ty Jerome move. I also jokingly said, and I, I was wrong about this, it really hasn't taken on that level, but I thought he was going to be the Chioza. Like, I thought he was going to be the guy that, like, wasn't really that terrible, but everybody, yeah. but a lot of the fan base really fixated on and, and hated. So you want, you, you like the Ty Jerome signing, but you didn't. Oh, I, feel- I knew people were going to hate it. Oh, I knew Warrior fans but Chioza- were going to hate it. Chioza was probably better. So you're saying... No, I think Jerome's better than Chioza, actually. Right, right. But yeah. but how the fans viewed they were gonna Chioza... View, they were going to view Ty Jerome like Chioza. But I think Ty Jerome's actually had a little more success early to yes. where it's calmed oh, down well, a little way bit. more. But we already have a text, and we don't need to get down this rabbit hole, but the 408 and the Xfinity Mobile text, like, Ty Jerome's taking up Rollins' minutes. Ryan Rollins can't play right now. Let, 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 let me like, ask you, like, four way. How, how how much like, have you seen Ryan Rollins play? Like, I'm just asking because I I haven't seen him play like, that much. Well, we got a lot of Ty Jerome's taking Moody's minutes. Well, they don't. They're not the same. Like one's a ball handler and one's not. Right. We I'm always just, get I'm this, just curious. You know, Wiseman should be playing. You know. Uh, you know. Ty Jerome can play, but Wiseman can't. It's yeah. like well, they're not. It's not apples to apples. And I, and I just do this thing, and I I know we're the flagship, but I I just do this thing where ultimately I trust. That no, good. Sorry. I, I trust Steve Kerr and I trust these guys to get paid a lot of money that they know basketball better than me. So if Steve Kerr thinks that Ty Jerome is the guy right now instead of Ryan Rollins, I'm going to trust whatever time champion Steve Kerr, right? 8,000 time champion Steve Kerr that he knows basketball better than me. It's not even a debate. <laughs> I'm just, like it's I'm not even. Saying, like you don't even have to say that. Like you really don't. I, I I appreciate you for saying it. Mm-hmm. You're a good guy. You're trying to acknowledge all ends of this thing, but you don't have to say. Yeah. Like you don't even have to acknowledge. I just want to know. Jerome playing over Ryan Rollins. Like we can have a conversation about Moody and this and that, and that's fine. But not Ryan Rollins. Not yeah. not year one. No no question. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. John Dickinson and Alan Styles here on a holiday Monday on ninety five seven. The game is we're going to be with you until six o'clock, as uh, we do have Michael Irvin that's going to join us coming up at five, as he does each and every week in this time slot. As we sit in for Damon Bruce and Ray Ratto here uh, on ninety five seven. The game. Uh, I want to get back to the the Dylan Brooks. We were talking about the rivalry mm-hmm. a- component because that was full display last night. Uh, we played the Clay Thompson uh, audio of his interview last night post-game. Here is Dylan Brooks on the Clay Thompson taunt, and it's only a quote because I don't think they had cameras in the, in the locker room last night for on the Grizzly side of it. But here's, here's the quote. Uh, the refs, uh, Dylan Brooks on the taunt from Clay Thompson, quote, refs let that happen. He was doing it all game. Then they want to catch the bad guy. That's whack to me. Bleeping up calls and putting the wrong guys at the free throw line. It was a circus. Should have had different refs. So that's that's one where you're going to get well, the fine. You're definitely going to get fined. Obviously, which hasn't popped up today, but today is a, a holiday. So probably pop up tomorrow. Yeah, the league, enjoy league that. The office closed today, so expect that at about, I don't know. 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. But what is he even talking about in terms of want to blame it on the bad guy? There were plenty of texts to go around. And I believe most of them were from the Warriors. So I just don't know what he's talking about. Talking about in terms of what? 
that oh the refs want to blame you know I, like basically he's saying I, I I have this narrative as the bad guy so oh, I yeah, got blamed. Yeah, yeah. But what did I, yeah. you get blamed for? I think foul, I think foul calls in games is, in, in the game is probably what he was talking about. Jaron Jackson text, but texts but texts matter more. They were whining. Yeah, text, the Warriors did get more. all of the texts. All last the texts. You're getting the ball back. How many free? What, what was it? The, the end of the end of the first half when there was the tech and then I believe it was Clay fouled the three point shooter. Right, and, and they got four free throws in a row. Tyus, Tyus Jones, four free throws in a row. There was the tech. Yeah, and three found the foul. It was and, a foul. That, uh, it was a foul. But I'm saying you guys are getting up so many opportunities. I just, I, I don't know. They just lost. They just I, lost. I thought it was a horribly officiated game last night. There was a point where I put in my notes, I think late second quarter, mm-hmm. I said the Warriors have actually gotten a pretty good whistle in this game. But they don't think they're getting a good whistle in this game. Mm-hmm. And and look, the post game comments tell you all you need to know. Like neither neither team thought. Like if we were doing the the show in Memphis right now, we're probably talking about how the Grizzlies got hosed on a bunch of calls and it, it favored the war. You know the championship. Yeah, you know right. team Warriors. So it, it that tells you that it was a horribly officiated game both ways. Mm-hmm. Now the Techs, I thought it was interesting. I, I it seemed like the Grizzlies were directing their aggression toward the Warriors players. The Warriors were. Or directing their aggression or frustration sometimes toward the officials more than more than the the Grizzlies players. Although Draymond and Clay were talking all Whoa. game, they were in everybody's face all game. I mean, there Draymond was over over Jaw when Jaw was on the ground barking at him. Mm-hmm. I was a little surprised that didn't draw I, I, something. I, did Draymond have a tech in that game? Draymond, I have the box score here. Yes, he okay. did. I mean, Three I would have the first. Yes. It was Draymond, Poole, Kerr, Kaminga, and then Poole again got ejected with 9.20 to go in the fourth, and then Clay Thompson for the taunt, which, I mean... He earned it. He did earn it. If, you, if you're going to get one, earn it. I, I think... Did, did he... Like, I was at the... He stuck his tongue out, right? Who? Clay. Did he no, stick his Draymond. tongue out? Well, maybe Clay, Clay did, did not. Too. Okay. Well, I saw it was a grainy video. And obviously, being at the game, you'd always get all angles. Yeah. And so I didn't want to bring it. But I meant to I meant to do a little research on it. I never got around to it. Clay did not stick his tongue out at Dylan Brooks when Dylan Brooks was on the ground. Clay. No, when Clay got when Clay stood over to him be and fair, got the tech. I've only seen the angle he, okay. of Clay's back. Okay. With Clay chirping I as he he's sliding. I thought he stuck his tongue out at him. Like at like he could ah! have. I don't know. I haven't. I have not seen. I mean, that obviously angle the rest of it. of it everybody saw, but I thought he actually like stuck his tongue out. Well, like, Draymond stuck his tongue at him later, and I, and I think yeah, no, I was yeah, and I may, like I said maybe not there, but there I thought there was one photo where it looked like Clay stuck. His it's tongue very out, possible, but it was grainy and kind of it was zoomed. Yeah, and, it's very possible. I think you know if you're if you're a ref, that is one thing because like we talked about. The Warriors play the Grizzlies. What is it? What did I say? Four more times? Three more times. Three more yeah, times. Play, yeah, you play them four times. One more. Yeah, one more at Chase Center than two in Memphis. And I do. I almost, dare I say, JD, feel bad for the refs because I don't know how you're going. I don't. This thing is just, we love it, but it's got to be pretty darn hard to officiate. And we talked about in the pre-show how Draymond did a lot. Draymond did a lot in terms of, you know, he's, he's, it was a quick one at Ja on the ground, but there was that whole back and forth with Draymond and he's, he yelled some words that you probably shouldn't yell at Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks told him to watch his mouth. 
Draymond says it back, and we're watching this on TV. And at that point, well, there was one. Yeah, there was at one point Dylan Brooks said, "Say that to my face." He said, "Yeah, yeah." He, he had, like I caught that on the board in the it, it, when they needed to be separated, and Draymond was and like Dylan Brooks turned. He said, "Say that to my face." Right. I think yeah. yeah. Draymond said I something think that's pretty the, gnarly. That's that situation. He yeah. said something pretty gnarly, and there was no tech there, and you know, it's they're at the free throw line, so it's yeah. quiet enough. Everybody heard. So the rest. I felt like some text got given away because they, the refs didn't want the the refs didn't want to be the main story, but this thing could have got out of hand. So you don't give Draymond a tech for for yelling at Ja as he's on the ground and then yelling, you know, going back and forth with Dylan Brooks when everybody can hear what they're saying, but then Kaminga gets a tech for kind of just say, "Ooh," and then I think he might have clapped and he got a tech for that. And I just think that that was just the classic. He ran down to the other end, right? No, Kaminga did not run. Okay. Ja ran down to the end on one and he didn't yeah. get a tech. I, I thought the Kaminga one was weak. I, I We had a text that just, I thought the Kaminga call was weak. I think you could make the case the Jordan Poole call as a second tech was weak. Yes. But I also think Jordan Poole's got a rep. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poole's got a rep with yeah. the, like fair, unfair, Jordan Poole's got a rep among the refs as being whiny, like that's like just well, flat out. And, yeah, and th- like there are so some. What, so what, if he's got if he's got well, a rep, then what the heck does Luka Doncic have? I think he has one too. I will bet Luka's among the league, league leaders in techs. Right. I would bet. I haven't. I haven't looked. I I haven't looked at it recently, but I would bet that Luka Doncic is among the league leaders in technical fouls. I just think they. I just think everybody chirps. I don't think Jordan Poole chirps more than. Yeah, I, well, and I think at some point if you're allowed. Chirper, like mm-hmm. Draymond would be a loud chirper. Yes. Not really a chirp, I guess, if it's loud. Mm-hmm. But but Draymond, so I think at some point, Poole is one of those guys that I think might, because he's quieter about it, we don't always notice it. Mm-hmm. But I think he, Sneaky, is complaining a lot more than meets the eye. I, I could see that. And well, to the point where he's already on officials' last nerve. And, that, and, and, well, and then it's like, because it's constant. And again, yeah. we don't see it, and it's, it's never... Like him flipping out and waving his arms and getting in somebody's face, mm-hmm. but it's always that every play. Well, and he's getting like those discontinued dribbles. Which yeah, was there which, one of yeah. those called last night? They did call one against him last night, and he, he but not John Morant. There was not one called against John Morant unreal. last night. I don't believe. I'm just saying it's unreal. Look, the nine two five is is confirming a couple. Yeah, a couple on I the Xfinity Mobile text line confirming that Clay did stick his tongue out. I got I got to find that. That angle of the video or that angle of the picture. Yeah, it was like a, it was a still photo that I saw last night. On it was on Twitter, and okay. I, I thought on the initial replay maybe that he did, but it wasn't a great it wasn't a great angle. And then I saw I saw the picture, and I thought, wow, like that's like that's almost like that's almost like I might get up and we might need to come to blows. It's all I get. Look, man, and look, it's all in good fun for now. Clay's just saying it's good old fashioned. I, I I like it. I think the Grizzlies like it as well. We're getting some text JD from the five one zero and from the four zero eight as well. It, when we were talking about Ryan Rollins, not to go down that path, but they are saying that you know the kids are are building some chemistry in Santa sure. Cruz. I think that's cool. Again, look, that's a, but again, that's that, that's part of my frustration with with the the conversation mm-hmm. about the young players. The fact that Ryan, like Ryan Rollins, may go on to be a really good NBA player, mm-hmm. but we're that—that's not 2023. Like right. it's—it's that might be 2025, might be 2027. Like 2027, Ryan Rollins might be a, a 
backup point guard that's in everybody. You know, he might be a 10-year player in the league mm-hmm. when it's all said. Like, I don't know. Nobody knows. But to say that he should be playing right now ahead of this guy or that guy and it's about player development, I mean, part of the reason the Warriors' record is bad is because their young players have been unable to contribute at a high enough level, and that's been the lottery picks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, forget about uh, you know, a second-round guard right. at this point. And again, he, I, I'm sure he's got a better chance being drafted by the Warriors, I think, than being drafted by somebody else in, in that vein to go down and, and get his seasoning. And So I'm not, you know, this happens with the, head, with the, the lottery guys all the time. Where it's like you you make a comment about whether you think they can contribute now, and and people take that as if it's an indictment of their entire career. Like, mm-hmm. no, I think Wiseman, Kaminga, and Moody, all three of them. I'm not writing off their career. I just think it's more likely than not that they're not going to be major contributors even this year, based on what we've seen, and especially come playoff time. Yeah, it's a, it's a timing thing. And look, when it comes to Ty Jerome, we're acting like he's this elder statesman. He's 25. I'm not saying he's going to you know become some all-star point guard moving forward, but let's not act like he can't improve either. So I, I think that is a version of the future, too. What if you have found what if you have found some type of diamond in the rough, right? It might not be a diamond, maybe a ruby, something like that. So I, I, I understand where where people are coming from, but I just think, okay, if you want to talk about Moody being a, a lottery pick, cool. But to go to Ryan Rollins and, and try to you know talk about him right now, like we're not talking about in the future when Ty Jerome is only 25 himself and he can do some things and he's shown he can do some things in this league, just might be a little bit premature that. Uh, we're getting helped out here. The NBA Tech foul leaders right now, J.D., Kevin Durant with 11, Draymond Green with 10, Dylan Brooks with 9, okay. Luka with 8, okay. and Jordan Poole with 8. There you go. Yeah, mm-hmm. Jordan Poole's sneaky in the in, the, in yeah. there. So now I feel better. As long yeah, as, Luka, as long as Luka, in there. Luka's a, always near the top. Yeah. I think he ended up, he had 60, 15 or 16. There was a year where he had to miss a game, I think, at the end. Yeah. Right I'm before not surprised. The play, right before the playoffs. Kevin Durant kind of surprised me with a lot. No, Kevin Durant's always talking. Yeah. Kevin Durant, t- Kevin Durant gets, he's got a temper. Mm-hmm. Like Durant has a temper and he's always talking. Like mm-hmm. Durant's one of those guys that's always talking on the floor. Some of it's good natured, some of it's not, but he is always talking on the floor. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that one, that one doesn't surprise me. Uh, 888-957-9570. John Dickinson and Alan Styles in for Damon and Ratto here on 95.7 The Game. More phone calls, more texts. We'll switch gears. We'll talk some 49ers. Another big win. Man, they are rolling right now with two games to go. Uh, 11 and 4. Uh, they've won eight in a row. And uh, we'll get into the Niners conversation. And yeah, Brock Purdy at Chase mm-hmm. last night sitting with Debo Samuel and, and Joe Lacob and all of that. Uh, we'll get into the 49ers coming back here as this segment has been sponsored by the Department of Healthcare Services and CalHope.org. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now back to Damon and Ratto on 95.7 The Game. All right, back with you here, John Dickinson and Alan Stiles. In for Damon Arado, 95.7 The Game. 888-957-9570. That is the phone number to give us a call or shoot us a text. One final note here uh, as far as the Warriors go. We'll get back into some Warriors later, but going to switch gears and talk some 49ers as they were able to win over the Commanders at Levi's on Saturday. Uh, 510 on the Xfinity Mobile text line. LeBron cries a lot as well, and the NBA wouldn't have kicked him or Luka out of a game on Christmas Day. My response to that is... Yeah. Yeah. So, Jordan Poole's not LeBron or Luka. Them's the rules. It's just, that's just the way it goes. And uh, we already talked about this. I mean, look, even Draymond, the, the stuff Draymond yeah. was doing, he could have easily gotten two tests. Yeah, he he has raised his bar over the years so much that he, yeah, his low end is mm-hmm. probably higher than Jordan Poole's high end. Exactly. And he, but exactly. You, you, I think the officials have been told because... Maybe there's been a few quick trigger ejections on Draymond's account mm-hmm. over the years. To I, I think the officials at some point were told to tone it down a little bit on, on Draymond. So we'll see. But I, I do think Poole is a constant chirper. And so he low key annoys the officials more than more than a lot of guys do because it's because it's all the time and it even though it doesn't necessarily get seen like some of the other the others do. Yeah, it's definitely he definitely has a, a slick mouth because he, you know Damian Lillard was on the Draymond Green podcast. I think it was a couple years ago, and he talked about how Jordan Poole wasn't even balling at that time, and Jordan Poole, Damian Lillard said, was talking to him completely crazy as if he was already that guy. So I, I think Jordan Poole is probably saying some things to your point. It might not be as demonstrative as Draymond Green, but he's saying some things that you probably shouldn't say to the refs. No, I, I think that's yeah probably uh, accurate uh, there. Uh, 49ers win over the Commanders, 37-20 on Saturday. Eighth consecutive win for the Niners. They are 11-4. and The Vikings continue to have heroics uh, at home so they maintain the two seed for now though that still can flip with a Vikings loss Vikings are playing the Packers coming up 49ers are, are going to play the Raiders in Vegas on on New Year's Day Sunday but another another quality effort from Brock Purdy in this game for the for the 49ers George Kittle is rolling uh, Purdy, two touchdowns and an interception that, that wasn't his fault in this one off the hands of Jawan Jennings. But uh, yeah, 15 to 22, uh, 234, and a touchdown and interception for Brock Purdy. The defense with some, some big fourth down stops to help flip the game. And then once the Niners get ahead, they're able to really pin their ears back and, and get after the quarterback and Bosa takes it over and then the turnovers start coming and it and wound up being a, a blowout win. Yeah, and, and look, we knew the commanders. I, it's weird because I wouldn't necessarily say that they're one-dimensional, but they're... they're they got, they got they're, some talented skill players. Well, they're not one-dimensional, but 
they they need that one dimension to start rolling before they can get into the other dimensions. So you couldn't really get the running game. Go- they tried their darnness to get the running game going. Niners, number one against the run. So that wasn't happening. They tried to take some shots down the field. It wasn't you know until Traverius Ward was out for a little bit that we even saw Terry McLaurin show up for a little bit. So I, I just think that the Niners knew what the Commanders wanted to do. They shut that down. The Commanders, I mean, even getting getting 20 on the Niners is pretty impressive at this point. Some of that, or, you know, some of those points due to that interception that went off of Juwan Jennings' hands. Great solid win for the for the or for the for the Niners, I felt that once the game started, because the Commanders could have really used that win, and the Niners already clinched the NFC West, even though they already clinched it. That Raiders game, a lot of people are, are have been talking about it. It's on New Year's. I thought this could be a pseudo trap game because I think a lot of people said, "Hey, Raiders game could be a trap game." So I thought that that was actually starting to grow a little bit into an actual, you know, barn burner with before the Raiders blew it again this past weekend. You know, the Raiders had an outside chance to get into the playoffs. So I thought, "Okay, maybe the Commanders, they could slide in a hungry team and, and you know, try to do to the Niners, what they did to the Eagles when they gave the Eagles that first loss before the Eagles just lost to the Cowboys. But ultimately, you know, the Niners defense, this was the this was the closest thing we saw them to bend, don't break, because really yeah. they just haven't bent at all these last couple weeks. But the commanders just didn't have enough juice. No, I, I think this was probably the best opponent the 49ers have played, mm-hmm. played in, in a while. I mean, if you go back. Well, what are we doing with the Dolphins? Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Dolphins. The Dolphins, I think, are are better than than Washington. I guess. Although yeah, I you, you have to. They they look like they're flailing, but yeah. but I think as far as style of play, defense, run game, time, they they were number one in time of possession. Mm-hmm. Washington was coming in. The Niners are two. They were dominating time of possession. It was it was seven seven, and and really, you know, it was it was an opportunistic kind of a game for for the Forty ers You know, they go down, get stopped at the goal line. Uh, Washington goes down, and the 49ers stuff them at the one. You know, first turning point of the game is is basically the stop, and then the big run for Ray Ray McLeod. The Niners stop them after a long drive. They had, Washington with a 17 play, 84 yard drive. They took 11 minutes off the clock. They get stuffed at the one, yeah. and then the 49ers go 99 yards with McLeod doing what 75 of that on on the big run, the Debo, Ray Ray. the Debo play right. that Ray Ray McLeod takes to the house. And at that point, it's seven nothing, and then the 49ers playing from a, a position of, of advantage. Uh, but you know the the bobbled interception hurt. Washington kept coming in that first half, frankly, mm-hmm. and, and tied it up at, at seven. And when it's seven seven at halftime, you're thinking, hey, this thing's hanging in the balance. If Washington had been able to to punch it in a little bit earlier, you know, then we got to see Brock Purdy play from behind, really, for the for the first time. Yeah, and with against a good defense, and in particular a good a good defensive line. But it never quite got to that point. The Niners able to to open the second half with a with a big time drive. There's a play where Kittle and, and Ray Ray McLeod are both open and mm-hmm. Purdy drives that throw and, and hits him and a great throw. And at that point it's it's fourteen to seven and, and then Ron Rivera goes for it on his own thirty four a couple of possessions after that and, and that's that's pretty much night night. Yeah. They find Kittle again off of that short field touchdown and then it turns into 
you know, twenty-one-seven, and at that point, it's it's kind of a an uphill climb for Washington with as good as the the Niners' defense are. So, great win, very well played game, uh, top to bottom. Yeah, all around there. Again, no complaints. As you see, all these other teams, even the good teams, JD, just struggling every week. And we'll get into this with with Michael Irvin when he comes on later as well. The Niners just really haven't seemed to have that issue, right? They don't struggle. They have not struggled during this whole stretch. I mean, Washington's coming in as a fourth ranked defense you put up 37 nearly 40 points on the on the fourth ranked defense and you can make the argument you know it got to a point later in the game where I wouldn't say Kyle Shanahan kind of called the dogs off but you didn't necessarily need to keep putting the pedal to the metal well they they got they had some red zone issues I mean kicking kicking the having to kick the field goals that that they had to kick Mm -hmm. I think were were problematic I mean once it got to 21 14 having to kick three field goals yeah, you know, right. that and yeah, maybe a little conservative there, but they they had chances to really end that game and turn it into a blowout a lot faster than, than they did, and right. were unable to do it. So the red zone hasn't been an issue, but it was in that game. Well, they haven't really been in there because yeah. they've been getting these and I, and big plays. Some of it, some of that game Saturday too was a you know the points the the thirty seven as it ended up is. You know, some of that was piling on, you know, pile on points, right? You get ahead, and then there's a turnover, and then short fields, and then mm-hmm. you're, you're piling on there. So I don't sure. think it was all like, oh, they lit up, we're just, lit we're them just up lit for up. 37. But, but towards the end, when they could have kicked that field goal and made it two possessions, a two-possession ball game with, you know, what was it, two, three minutes left, something like that, not only does Kyle Shanahan go for it, I believe it was fourth and three. Yeah. They go for it, and they throw the football. Yeah, they, he that, threw the football. I think that at that point it feels like a a free a freebie almost mm-hmm. because you are up two scores. You kick it, you go up where two touchdowns would beat you because right. you're up 13. But at that point, it's like, why not go for it? Mm-hmm. it because they're going to be pinned up deep anyway. The yeah. 49ers defensive line at that point is is dominating the game. And you know you, you, you got to get two scores. Is two but scores. I'm gonna go there, okay, JD. But you have a chance to end it if you score the touchdown. But I'm gonna so go to there. To me, that's an easier call. But to I'm go gonna, for it. I'm gonna go there. I don't know, and I, I don't even want to. But I feel like I don't have a choice. I don't know if that but play they, gets they, called with Jimmy. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. I'm just saying I do think you can say that, you know, it was an easier call to make, but I do think it also goes to the fact that Kyle Shanahan trusts Brock Purdy. That's all I'm he saying. Does. This no, is no does. slight on Jimmy. Yeah, I'm just he, saying it just it's more about Kyle Shanahan trusting Brock Purdy. I think the the thing that's happened with the 49ers since Brock Purdy took over and is to me the biggest difference, and mm. this is a credit to Purdy, it's a credit to the 49ers for developing Purdy. The biggest difference in Purdy taking over from from Garoppolo is the plays that are schemed up to be open to go for big plays, explosives, touchdowns mm-hmm. have been hit. Right, have been have been hit. Like they've like when if and and we don't know if that's Purdy scanning and going to different options or if it's just Kyle saying, "Hey, we're going to run this play. Kittle's going to be open. Hit him." It's going to be open. You know, maybe you look it off and come back. Whatever it is, he's going to be open. And if we block it right, it's going to the house. Yeah. And and he's able to hit. Like, those are the plays where it doesn't always seem, even maybe when Shanahan's telling Jimmy it's there, that it's a little frenetic. And Garoppolo's a little bit off. He just The timing's a little bit off. The throw's a little bit off. Whatever it is, to where those 
are either misses or they don't go for touchdowns that ultimately lead to field goals right. later on. And so while the red zone issues popped up, I still think, you know, hey, deep shot called up for, for Ray Ray McLeod mm-hmm. and Kittle's so open that he ends up stealing it away from Ray Ray in the end zone, yeah. right? The play to Kittle where it's catch and run, he's got a blocker in front of him, come back to the middle, that's a touchdown. Like those plays are being hit. And those plays were not being hit. It's the it's the and, and I think this goes to a lot of the frustration for 49er fans with Garoppolo it was always even more than the oh no throw mm-hmm. was the plays that were clearly missed mm-hmm. in games that could have been big plays. That hasn't happened with Brock Purdy. No. And I but I also think that on top of that, Brock Purdy's ability to I call him slippery. His ability to to extend the play, to to you know, get away to evade the pass rush has also allowed for Kyle Shanahan to draw up these plays that take a little bit longer to develop. Jimmy, you didn't have time for some of these routes to even be run, so I think that's part of it as well. Eight 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 nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven. 9570. John Dickinson and Alan Stiles here on 957 The Game. We're with you until 6 as we're in for Damon and Ratto today. Uh, Michael Irvin is going to join us, the playmaker, coming up at, at 5 o'clock. We'll get his thoughts on everything going on with the Niners and everything going on league wide as it pertains to the 49ers as uh, they gear up for the Raiders. On Sunday, outside chance, and I was reading a report from, I think, the Las Vegas Review-Journal, outside chance that the Raiders at least will consider maybe not playing Derek Carr in the final two games. Although, I was looking at the Raiders had not, I mean, they're they're not mathematically eliminated as of yet, right? But there are things that could happen. Yeah. I mean, they, they're not making the playoffs, but they're not technically mathematically eliminated sure, yet. Sure, Don't, don't. You Raiders guy? I am a Raiders. Okay, guy. I didn't know that. I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't coming no, down your no, road. No, I can no. tell by the way you reacted. Like I'm just, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm calling it over. It's just better. Yeah, I mean, that it's, way. it's over. But a lot of times, until it's mathematically over, that right. you wouldn't make a change like that. To sure, that's been your quarterback for almost a decade. You know, that, that's all I was saying. Well, it looks like Lee wants to talk about it. You want to take Lee? Yeah, Lee. What you got right, for all us, right, Lee? You're on 95.7 The Game. Hey, fellas. First of all, thanks for taking my call. And I want to say that, you know, we still, there's still a lot of Raiders fans in the Bay Area. But what I really want to call about is Derek check engine light car. And why do I call him that? Is because, you know, when you got a vehicle that you drive, the check engine light come out. Oh, man, the check engine light is on. Now, the car take you locally. It can take you to the store, whatever, whatever. But you're not going to drive it down Highway 5 going to L.A. But you know it's going to break down. And that's what Derek Carr is. Man, the dude constantly makes dumb mistakes over and over again. And I'll give you one prime example, which, which just frustrates Raider fans from here to eternity. When they were in Oakland, they had a fourth down and goal on the three-yard line with no last play of the game. You either score or you lose. You get pressure on him, he throws it away. He didn't even throw it to the end zone. He threw it out of bounds. Man, kick the ball, play it, throw a holy roller, do something. He threw it away. This Derek Carr in a nutshell, man. He's, and Bill Walsh said it best. He's just good enough to get you beat. Wow. All right, thanks for the call. Oh, we, we got rid of, I was going to ask Lee, would you trade Derek Carr for Brock Purdy? <laughs> Look, at this point, 
I mean, you're you're riding Purdy till the end. And, and we don't look. We don't ultimately know. I know there is some news coming out of the 49ers conference call uh, today. As far as I guess Jimmy Garoppolo got his cast off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so or or the boot. Uh, I guess it was. I I should clarify that. Uh, it would just happen to be scanning it here as we were as we were talking, and he is going through that conference call uh, that began at at three thirty. So I'll I'll get that for you. But yeah, he got he got out of the boot, right? Sterling, can we confirm that? Is it time to have that conversation? What if Jimmy's ready at any oh, point? No, it's, it's pretty all the way at this point. What it, if Jimmy was ready? Uh, it's, yeah, I guess, yeah, the report was from the 49er team reporter, Lindsey Polaris. Uh, Kyle Shanahan said Jimmy Garoppolo got his cast off, but no further updates. I wasn't sure he was in a cast. I thought it was a, uh, anyway, but whatever. I, Mm. we digress on that. We'll, we'll get more information on it and, and pass it along. But no, what, if, if Garoppolo was healthy right now, now they'd be riding with Purdy. You would ride with Purdy as well? Right now? Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there hasn't been anything like why i mean there hasn't he's playing well they're winning yeah. like it's it's all of the same it it's the same debate that we'd be having let's say if Trey Lance were were ready mm-hmm. for me now i know other people may disagree on that but like if if Garoppolo was playing and they were winning let's say Garoppolo was playing and they had won eight in a row okay mm-hmm. and maybe not as well as Purdy is with with all the touchdowns or whatever sure. but they were still winning and he was still playing well for, you know for mm-hmm. him and and Trey Lance was healthy. Okay, you'd be rolling with Garoppolo. Well, in yes. my mind at that point. Well, I, I, but, but that, but that was a, but I hear you. But that was such a more unique situation, if you will, because everybody knew at that point in time, Jimmy, Jimmy was better than Trey to start this season. But the hope was that Trey would you know, be considered as better than Jimmy at the end of the season. So that's that would be a different situation than Brock Purdy because uh, unless we just think at this point Brock Purdy's already better than Jimmy. Is this a hot hand conversation or is this a I think Brock Purdy is better than Jimmy conversation? I think it I think it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, to, yeah. to be honest, it's just so it can be a hot hand conversation. I, I think it, it can be either either way you want to put it, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest. I mean, to me, it's just you're winning with Purdy, and the offense is is running more efficiently with Purdy, and like you're you're riding that out. Now, if he has two bad games, mm-hmm. if he had two bad games, let's say in the final two games, and and then you know then maybe it's a different conversation. If he has a bad playoff game and you and you eke one out, and then you know Garoppolo's healthy week two of the playoffs, let's say, well then maybe we're having a conversation about. It. But right now, to me, there to me there's no debate. Uh, and yes, just confirming with other reporters, yes, it was a cast for Garoppolo. No further update from Kyle Shanahan, but he did get his cast off. Also a chance Debo Samuel returns to practice this week. So uh, how are you feeling about that one as far as Debo goes? You you bringing him back right now or you 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 being a little little cautious? I'd be cautious with Debo. I, I would not play Debo the rest, rest of the regular of the season. season. Yeah, I, regular I, season. I, I can see that. And you know and it's why? It's a good sign if he can come back to practice this week. Right. For like, okay, great. Then that means in two weeks when you're playing a playoff game, he's ready to roll. You have if you're Kyle Shanahan, you have to look yourself in the mirror and, and think to yourself, okay, can do I trust myself to 
put Debo on some type of pitch count. Because Kyle Shanahan, once something gets rolling, he can't stop. He's like the Pringles. Once you pop, the fun don't stop. Once he starts using Debo, he will not stop using Debo. And I thought that this was growth for Kyle Shanahan this past this past weekend against the Commanders because Christian McCaffrey had 26 carries in Seattle. He had 15 against the Commanders, and I thought that was awesome. I thought that was great. We'd been talking about, okay, Elijah Mitchell's already out. Now you lose Debo. What are you going to do now? Run Christian McCaffrey into the ground? And what do we see in what do we see in Seattle? 26 carries, a couple receptions. Yeah. That's too much. So But that's also a game you, you had to win you had for the to division. Have. Like I, I felt like that game was the equivalent of bringing your closer in in the eighth inning yeah. and nobody out. Right. Like we're just, you know what? Forget it. Four outs, five outs. Mm-hmm. Like we're we're he is the most trustable ball handler I have on the team. Yeah. This is why we got him to end Seattle right now with three weeks to go. No, it's a good call. It's a good call. And now moving forward against the commanders, Christian McCaffrey, 15 carries, yeah. right? And Ty Davis Price with, with Jordan Mason having that, you know, I got a hamstring injury. Ty Davis Price, nine carries. Yeah, only 30 yards, only averaged 3.3 yards per carry. But just seeing him, I, I mean, which we really hadn't seen him too much. I thought he looked like he could he could definitely spell McCaffrey, and you're going to get Elijah Mitchell back at some point. So I, I think that was good to see from the running back area. And obviously, you know, Jordan Mason has done some things. We hope that that injury doesn't doesn't persist. So if you're going to play Debo, it's got to be a version of what you're doing with Christian McCaffrey. You can't get Debo happy, Kyle Shanahan. You just can't do it. If you are if you don't trust yourself to not get Debo happy, then don't play him. Well, but then you got to tell Debo, "Hey, we're not playing you." That that's the beauty of where the 49ers are right now is they're going to mm-hmm. get Debo Samuel back. They're probably going to get Elijah Mitchell back at some point as well, and they just have all of these different they just have they have now the quarterback's playing better than the quarterback position has played at any point this year. So yeah. you're feeling great about your quarterback. You're feeling great about McCaffrey at this point. Mitchell at some point's coming back. You've got Debo. Kittle's been unlocked. You know, Juwan Jennings is a third down conversion master mm-hmm. at this point. Uh, you know, the only guy that feels like he's not as much a part of it is Brandon Ayuk, but you know, we'll see. I mean, he still catches big touchdowns when right. everybody falls asleep on him. So mm-hmm. I think that he may not be happy with that from a from a personal standpoint right now, but he's still helping the team win in a big time way by by being a threat. And so it, it's all clicking. And I mean, Nick Bosa looks like he's going to be the defensive player of the year. And yeah. uh, you know, the the defense continues on its worst days to be opportunistic and come up with the big play. You know, mm-hmm. Even when they are able to allow teams to move the football, they're coming up with a big fourth down stop. They're coming up with the pylon turnovers once you get a team down. I mean, that that's all huge. Uh, you know, feels a lot like, frankly, the 2019 defense where they, they were the plays that they did make and the turnovers that they did get were were at huge times in addition to the, the general dominance. One quick note on Elijah Mitchell. Uh, could start to practice toward the end of the week. I guess Friday, based on the calendar, is the first day they could open up his practice window. Mm-hmm. So he would not play this week, but he could play in, in week 18. So he could get back at practice this week, if not this week, next week for sure. And I'll say this. I'll say this. I'll, I'm ve- I will be very happy when Elijah Mitchell returns. But, J.D., it is nice to see, and I know Jordan Mason having injury issues too, but it is nice to see what Jordan Mason can do. 
it is nice to see what Ty Davis Price can do because when the Niners decided to to move on from Jeff Wilson Jr., those of us that were worried about that move, it was simply because it was less about McCaffrey and simply because Elijah Mitchell is a guy who's had some trouble staying on the field. So it is it, at least you know if something like this happens again, which I've, I mean, if I'm being honest, it has happened. Fairly often in the past, you have guys that don't seem to be Trent Richardson when when looking, you know, trying to see holes and things like that in Jordan Mason and Ty Davis Price that can at least spell McCaffrey at the very least. So positive stuff. 415 Xfinity Mobile text line styles. I would not trade Brock Purdy for two first rounders right now. Mm. All right. Okay. Well, if you did that, you'd have to figure out who your quarterback's going to be next right. year. Exactly. Because, uh, I mean, Jimmy's a free agent, and who knows about Trey at this point, whether he'll be healthy or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, this thing is headed... I mean, again, the playoffs do matter. How it ends matters. Yes, and that's why it's hard to have this conversation. It, the future conversation is very tough to have. Yeah, no, I mean, I think... And, and look, the other part of this is, while it's fun maybe to talk about or throw out there, I mean, Garoppolo is not going to be, in all likelihood, he's not going to be fully healthy. Even if he's capable of playing, he would, he's not going to be fully healthy. So at that point, it's, do you want a 70% Garoppolo over a 100% Purdy? And again, I mean, the answer to that is no. No. Like, you know, if maybe if it was 100 versus 100, but it, even if it was 100 versus 100 right now, to me, you're riding the to me, you're riding the hot hand at a minimum, and he may very well be better. He has been better to this point in the, what, four games? He has been better, right? Better, yeah. Miami, Tampa, Seattle, yeah. Four yeah, better and better and healthier, better and healthier. Yeah, four on five to that point about trading the two first rounders. I asked, would you trade? Because that was when we were talking to our our Raider buddy on the phone. I asked, would you trade Derek Carr for for Brock Purdy? That's what I asked. No, not right now. You know what you have. I mean. Yeah. You know what you have in Purdy right now. You don't. I mean, Derek Carr's had a down year. He's had some good years, but I mean, right? It, it's like the Garoppolo debate about Derek Carr. There was always the Garoppolo Carr debate, right? And one year Garoppolo was better. The next year Carr was better. I, the next year Garoppolo was better. The next year Carr was but better. I the next year Garoppolo thought, was better. Like, but the problem you could go that, back and forth into oblivion. And this year Garoppolo would have been better, but, right? But, Last year Carr would have been better. But no, right? but, like but just, we're up against it. But I'm gonna say it, and then you're gonna have to drop to a JD, and someone's gonna get mad at me. But I still think you can't do that because I don't know what Derek Carr does. Derek Carr's never had a top five defense. Derek Carr's never had. I mean, he's got weapons this year who half of them weren't on the field. I know we're up against it, but I don't know if that's fair, J.D. I I don't know if that's fair. Look, there's been years. I think Derek Carr over his career has been a better quarterback. than Jimmy Garoppolo would not have gotten to the playoffs last season with with that Raiders team. No way. No, I would say probably not. Probably not. Uh, All right. Two hours down. We got two hours to come. The 95.7 The Game merch store is live. Rennell and Hercules, she ordered a DPOY sweatshirt today. You can get yours. 957thegameshop.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.